We're taking you on a road trip this July the 1st on a little more conversation, highlighting some of what you can see if you head out this summer and hit the road. We began in Ontario and we continue now westward into Manitoba. It is one of those spots that has so much to see. Every time you look at all that's on offer there, I always realize that I haven't spent enough, enough time in Manitoba. Work aside, I've seen a lot of the province, but just not spent a lot of time there. And uh, looking through their travel website and so on, their tourism website really gives you an idea of just how much there is to see there from parks and beaches areas with distinct cultural heritages from First Nations and Métis to French-Canadian, Mennonite, Icelandic, and much, much more. And along with famous spots such as Churchill in the north, we'll find out about other travel ideas in the province this summer. And to help us do that, on our second stop on our road trip tonight is Jillian Rexiedler. She is the Senior Content Specialist with Travel Manitoba. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Welcome to the show. Ah, Thanks for having me, Ben. It's always remarkable. I mean, I, I think um, there's so much in Manitoba f- of everything. Like you have the north, you have you have Winnipeg, you have the southwest, you have the southeast. You have a bit of everything for anyone for everyone who wants to stop. I, I guess I wanted to start in Winnipeg because a lot of people that's where they kind of come through. Um, yeah. What's, what's a good way to see to see Winnipeg in a weekend or things to do there? Yeah, I think Winnipeg is one of those cities that people, a lot of Canadians have said I've driven through, but I, you know, I just couldn't didn't have time to stop, and I would encourage everyone to visit um, the city for a bit. You know, we we are surprisingly a large center in the center of Canada, at the heart of Canada. And uh, there is a lot to offer from like a an amazing food scene, which, you know, Canadians in the know know that we love our food here in the prairies. And, uh, you know, a lot of great cultural institutions and attractions. So, yeah, I, we recommend at least two full days in Winnipeg. Um, you want to start in the city at the Forks, at the heart of our downtown, which is where the Red and the Cinnaboyne Rivers meet. And this has been a meeting place for six over 6,000 years for First Nations folk, for trade and for celebration. And it continues today. It is a, a main tourism attraction in the city where you have some historic markets and buildings with great dining, shopping. It's also a heart for a lot of recreation, bike tours, um, walking tours river river walk be it summer or in winter we have our river skating trail um and then it's also where you'll find attractions like the canadian museum for human rights which is fairly new to winnipeg skyline you know it opened in 2014 Um, so it's been around for a while but um now but uh, it's still it's a new experience every time you go in the doors and it's um fact fascinating and complex in its design, in its content, um, and it's well worth spending a full afternoon um, really enjoying the space. So head down to the forks, do the Canadian Museum of Human Rights. You can also, and then your walking distance to great neighborhoods like the Exchange District, which is just kind of like up the river, and that's Winnipeg's historic neighborhood where we have a really well-preserved, 20 blocks of really well-preserved heritage buildings that kind of harken to um, Winnipeg's glory days at the turn of the century where um, it was a boom town. And you can take um, a wonderful hour and a half walking tour, guided walking tour through the Exchange District talking about this history of Winnipeg. Um, And then after the walking tour, hang out in the neighborhood because this is where the festivals are centered, our fringe theater festival that happens in July, uh, musical 
festivals happen at Old Market Square in the Exchange District. Also, it's where our independent coffee shops and boutiques and gallery spaces are. Um, it sounds like so a, a lot to do in Winnipeg. That's uh, Now, I, I was looking through your website, which is very helpful, by the way, if you're curious about what to do in Manitoba. Um, and yeah. there are beach holidays to be had. If you want to head to the beach, you can do that. And to be honest, I, I don't think I fully realized that until I started sifting through your website oh. a few days ago. Yeah, no, Manitoba is the land of um, 100,000 plus lakes and waterways. You know, fresh fresh water is uh, plentiful on the prairies. And a lot of people don't realize that, especially if you're just traveling across the Trans-Canada Highway. But just north of Winnipeg is Lake Winnipeg, which is, um, you know, the Great Lake. That's not the Great Lake, um, but it's... Uh, <laughs> It's only an hour north of the city. So amazing beaches along both shores. Um, the east side of Lake Winnipeg tends to be very sandy and very shallow walkout beaches like Grand Beach is probably the most famous. But there's a few, you can day trip to a different beach all within an hour and a half of Winnipeg, which is where most locals flock um, when the warm weather hits in July and August. On the west side of Lake Winnipeg is a little bit rockier but this is where, this is uh, an area called New Iceland, and many folks have heard or have roots or connections to Gimli, Manitoba, which is, uh, has a strong Icelandic heritage, and Gimli is in the heart of New Iceland, as are uh, communities like Riverton and Hecla, and this is, um, they hold on to their heritage very strongly in on, on that shore of Lake Winnipeg, and Gimli celebrates, has one of the oldest cultural festivals in Manitoba, um, Isla Digadagarin, or the Icelandic Festival of Manitoba, and that happens every August long weekend. Um, so the town, often they have um, musicians or politicians visit, visit from New Iceland. They have a Viking reenactment. You can taste Icelandic food and pavilions and um that's always a, or you can just enjoy the town, the town, because it's a resort beach town and uh, beautiful beaches. And lots to see. I guess if you're an aviation buff too, and, and I, I always follow sort of news stuff, uh, Gimli is also famous for a, for quite a miraculous landing back in the day. And I understand there's a museum devoted to the Gimli glider as well as it's called. Yes, many Canadians of a certain generation are aware of that Gimli glider incident that happened in the 80s where um, a plane that ran out of fuel crossing over Canada needed to quickly land on the Gimli airstrip um, and it safely landed. Um, and so there is a small little museum dedicated to the Gimli glider, which you can do a reenactment and try to land the plane yourself. Um, we have a few aviation museums in the, in the province, actually, because our wide open skies uh, are synonymous with aviation. So in Winnipeg, back in Winnipeg, we just opened the the city, just reopened the doors to a brand new Royal Aviation Museum of Western Canada. So that's right at the airport. And if you are flying across Canada and you come out of the airport, you can't help but see this brand new spectacular building, which has um, amazing variety of aircrafts on display and talks about the uh, the history of aviation in Western Canada. And then out in Brandon, Manitoba, we also have uh, the Commonwealth Air Training Plan Museum, which is uh, dedicated to all of the training that went on during the World Wars, the Second World War um, in the prairies, because we were perfect location for all of that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm speaking with uh, Jillian Rexiedler. She's the Senior Content Specialist for Travel Manitoba. We're taking the second stop in our Cross Canada 
uh, road trip here on this Canada Day in Manitoba. So much to see. We're going to head uh, in two different directions after this. We're going to head south. Lots to see there. And of course, the north. Uh, many Canadians know about uh, northern Manitoba and uh, Churchill, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, we'll get there after this. We're continuing our Canada Day road trip tonight in Manitoba, our second stop. I'm speaking with Jillian Rexiedler. She's the Senior Content Specialist for Travel Manitoba. We've taken a tour around uh, Winnipeg, Lake Winnipeg, Gimli. We've hit all kinds of really interesting spots. We've talked about some aviation stuff to see, both in Brandon, uh, also in Gimli, but a new museum in Winnipeg as well, right near the airport. Um, the south and the southwest and the southeast, Jillian, are fascinating spots because there's so much history, both of sort of you know, French Canadian history, prairie history. Uh, tell me a bit about uh, about taking a trip to the southeast and the southwest uh, in Manitoba. Yeah, well, I think you would love. Um, you know, we have some really great parks that are um, in the southern eastern quarter and, and the southwest. Um, White Shell Provincial Park is one of the most popular provincial parks in in Manitoba. Um, it's, it's right near the Ontario border, very close to Winnipeg. And that's the start of the Canadian Shield country. So beautiful hiking, camping, um, fascinating shield, Canadian Shield landscape. So we always recommend um, spending some time in there. And also in eastern, southeast Manitoba, you'll find a strong Francophone communities with our Francophone um, and Métis um, communities along um, the Red River and the Rat River, and um, also a lot of Mennonite history too in cities like Steinbach um, has a lot of history for the Mennonites that settled that area. Um, Heading west of Winnipeg, um, we mentioned Brandon, but just north of Brandon is one of our uh, most loveliest parks is a national park, Riding Mountain National Park. Now, certainly it's not a mountain, but um, it's kind of, it is an elevation, a a prairie oasis of this uh, giant beach ridge that kind of cuts across Manitoba and creates this um, elevation. But Riding Mountain is centered around Clear Lake um, there's a beautiful town site called Wasagamin, which it is one of the most, it is one of the original Parks Canada sites. So this park was established in um, the late 20s, 30s. And everyone that visits um, from a, that are from other parts of Canada say, wow, I never knew this existed in Manitoba. It's like a mini Banff because the architecture of the buildings in the town site and then the, um, it just has a really, um, uh, beautiful vibe and it's uh, one of the lesser known parks canada properties it's well known amongst manitobans and saskatchewanians actually because we've families visit it for generations but um for any of those canadians out there that love to visit the national parks riding mountain should, should certainly be on your list um and how far is that yeah, from, how far is that from from winnipeg if you're if you're heading that way if you're heading west from Winnipeg, it's mm. it's a beautiful three-hour drive straight through the prairies. And um, I think there's no prettier drive between Winnipeg and Riding Mountain. You go through towns like Nipawa and Minidosa, which is where, you know, the rolling hills start. And in, in the midsummer, um, when the fields are in bloom and the sky is a bluebird sky, uh, bluebird blue, um, there's no prettier colors than the prairies in bloom in summer, in my opinion. Um, so I love that drive between Winnipeg and Riding Mountain. Yeah, it's just a three-hour drive. Or if you're already out west around Brandon area, it's just an hour north of Brandon. Oh, well. Um, yeah, and then you can continue north. You can go north much beyond Riding Mountain. You know, a, a, the huge portion of Manitoba is complete wilderness, complete boreal forest, fresh lakes, waters, rivers, 
um, just waiting to be discovered. And that's when you drive more north than Rhiney Mountain and you're, you know, six, six hours from Winnipeg will take you to the Paw. Um, another hour would take you to Flin Flon and then you can go over to Thompson. And this is really off the beaten track in Manitoba, even for Manitobans. And we're much more accustomed because of the pandemic of um, exploring our backyards more rather than heading south into the U.S. You can go the same distance and explore more of your own home province. And many Manitobans are uh, Manitobans from southern Manitoba are sticking around to do that this summer. And then, of course, there's Churchill, which right. is beyond the roads. You cannot road trip to Churchill because there is no road to Churchill, but you can to Thompson. And then you can catch the train. And there is a train that departs two days a week from Winnipeg, and it will go up to Churchill. So you uh, you can certainly fly to Churchill from Winnipeg, or you can do, this is how a local would do it. You would drive to Thompson and then catch the train from Thompson and bring yourself, get yourself up to Churchill, which is a fascinating town on the edge of the, feels like the edge of the world. It's at the gateway to the Arctic. It's, um, um, yeah, it's- Yeah, it's, it's uh, well, polar, bears, well, like, polar bears, yeah. blue. Yeah, I think Thompson perhaps outside of Canada, one of the most famous spots in the country to some extent. Um, is it busy? I mean, I would think that a lot of people would want to get up there. Do you have to book way in advance to sort of stay and take the train and oh. so on? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's busy. We're not talking like um, over tourism at all, like right. in other much more popular parks and places in Canada or in the U.S. Uh, by no means is it that. Um, but uh, it's an investment because, of course, you're heading north and you're heading into remote areas. So the cost of transportation is higher and the cost of just everything is higher because of its remote nature. But there is no place in the world like Churchill. It's smack dab in the middle of, um, well, the polar bear migration path, which we know. And Churchill is famous for bears, but there's another white whale, a white mammal that comes into the area in summer, and that's the beluga whale. And um, people don't realize the... the the volume of blue whales that you see in Churchill in the summertime. And it's a huge draw. Um, you can do kayaking with belugas. You can do boat tours to see the belugas. You, there's a lot of cultural history in Churchill in relation to the fur trade or indigenous. You can do a dog sledding adventure, dog carting adventure in summer with a, with an indigenous guide, you can go across the river to the Fort Prince of Wales, which is a national historic site and learn about, about the early explorers. Um, and then, yeah, you want to get out on the water and see those blue whales, whether it's by boat, kayak, even stand up paddleboard. And your chances in the summertime when you're out on the water is if you look towards the shoreline, you may see a lazy summer polar bear lazing in the rocks. Um, summer is not high season for polar bears, they're still visible. High season comes in October, November, when the cold weather hits and that ice is starting to form on the Hudson Bay at that time. And that's when the polar bears become more social and you'll see them because they're waiting for that ice, that sea ice to freeze, which they depend on for it their livelihood. A, it does sound like a spectacular place. Any advice to travelers for this summer in particular, just about booking, camping, just planning ahead? Um. Yeah, well, planning ahead is always great. There has been... Um, you know, I think like a lot of Canada, uh, you know, extreme spring with 
some of the climate and the rainfall. So a lot of uh, our beaches are just starting to come up from under the water <laughs> and uh, hiking trails. So check ahead. I know Riding Mountain had a lot of rain, but um, there's still tons to see in the park. Um, and yeah, when you're coming, you know, Winnipeg certainly has lots of um room for visitors and is very eager to welcome visitors back. And I think a lot of urban centers are uh, through the pandemic. They, uh, you know, a lot of people were getting out of the cities and getting out to the parks and fresh air for nature and just for spaces. But I think the cities um, across Canada, Winnipeg being one of them, are very eager to, to welcome back visitors to their restaurants, to their hotels on their tours, so in their cultural institutions. So I'd say make a point to visit Winnipeg. Julian Rexiedler, thank you so much for your time tonight. Travelmanitoba.com is a very helpful resource if you're planning to either travel through and want to make a stop, or if you're planning uh, Manitoba as a destination for your travels this summer, uh, travelmanitoba.com is a really great resource. Uh, Julian, thank you so much for your time tonight on stop two of our road trip. Perfect. Thank you very much.